Monica's brother, Ben, steps out of the closet. He slowly walks towards the kitchen and is alarmed to find his sister, Monica, lying on the kitchen floor, covered in blood. Her arms and legs were bent at awkward angles, like an abandoned doll. There was a pool of blood around her. Her hair was soaked with blood, and her face was unrecognizable. She was stabbed several times in the face and the chest. Her throat was slashed. There was no sign of life in her eyes. There was blood spatter on the walls. There was a pungent metallic smell. Ben stood there with his hands tucked in his pockets of his jeans. He didn't have any reaction at all. Stacy's face is glazed with shock. Melanie's breath gets caught in her throat. She recoils in horror. She screams Monica's name, hoping for a response, but she doesn't get one. She falls to her knees to get closer to Monica's corpse. Stacy yells at her not to touch the body. She pulls her cell phone out of her pocket and dials 911. Within minutes, the police arrive. Yellow tape is draped across the kitchen entry. The crime scene is tightly secured and no one is allowed in. Crime scene investigators are collecting evidence from Monica's body. The forensic pathologist is dusting for fingerprints and taking pictures of the scene. The police don't see any sign of forced entry, so they think it was most likely somebody Monica knew and trusted. Suddenly, Monica's parents burst in the house. Monica's mother starts screaming hysterically at the sight of Monica's dead body. She tries to get closer to her, but the police officers hold her back. Detective Montgomery is at the scene. He speaks to Monica's parents and asks them where they were during the time Monica was killed. They tell the detective that they were at a friend's house, having dinner. He makes a note to confirm their alibi. He pulls Stacy, Melanie, and Ben aside and tells them they have to go to the police station to give their statements. Monica's parents go too. Once at the police station, they're each put into a pint-sized room so the detective can talk to each of them separately. Once at the police station, they're each put into a pint-sized room so the police can talk to each of them separately. The detective asks Ben to tell him what happened that night. He tells the detective that after his parents went out, Monica's boyfriend Diesel came over around 6.30. He says he was watching television and Monica asked him to go to his room because she wanted to be alone with Diesel. He was in his room drawn when he heard two guys fighting. He went into the living room and saw Chad and Diesel fighting. When Monica saw him, she yelled at him to go back to his room. So that's what he did. After a while, he noticed the fighting had stopped. He says he went on his computer for a little bit until he fell asleep. Then he woke up to the sound of piercing screams. He was scared, so he went to hide in the closet. When the detective asked him why he didn't just call the police, he says he couldn't because his phone was dead, and the landline is located in the living room. The police are puzzled by his reaction as he tells police about his sister's final moments. 
He doesn't seem emotional. Can this be his way of dealing with it? Can he just be in shock? The detective tells Chad that witnesses are saying that he was seen arguing with Cecil Stone and the deceased in the street around 7.15 p.m. He says they were arguing because he was upset at the fact that Diesel was at Monica's house. She broke up with him, and he wanted her back. He went to her house to surprise her. He wanted to talk to her about getting back together, but when he saw Diesel there, he lost it. The police are intrigued by his story. Could Chad have been so mad at Monica that he killed her? He tells police that at one point, while they were arguing, Diesel pointed a gun at him. They ask him where he was around the time Monica was murdered. He says after the police showed up, he left and went to a burger place at the other side of town to grab a bite to eat. Then he got in his car to drive back home to the city. He says he called Monica's cell phone and left her a voice message around 9.45 p.m. He seemed pretty shaken up about Monica's death. Diesel tells police that he met Monica at a bar about a month ago, and they have been seeing each other ever since. He says Monica invited him over to her house because her parents were going to be out for the night. Then Chad shows up and starts causing trouble. The police ask him about the gun he pointed at Chad. He tells them that Chad is lying to get him into trouble. He says he doesn't own a gun. The police confront Diesel about his past charges. The police ask him where he was during the time Monica was killed. He tells police that he was at his friend Eric's house. Stacy's the one who called the police, but that doesn't mean she's innocent. She tells police that she and Melanie went to Monica's house to see if she wanted to go to the lake and hang out with them and some friends. She says when they got to Monica's house, they found the front door unlocked, so they went inside because she wasn't answering the door. She tells police that after she and Melanie found Monica dead on the kitchen floor, her brother Ben came out of nowhere. She tells police that Monica was her friend and she would never kill her. Melanie has pretty much the same story as Stacy. She also says that Monica was her friend and why would she kill her? The police learn that Stacy and Melanie have been best friends for a long time, but Monica is new to the group. Could they have wanted her out of the picture? Detective Montgomery calls Whitney Carter and asks her to come down to the station to answer a few questions. She was there when Chad Samuels and Diesel Stone were arguing, and he's hoping that she'll shed some light on what transpired that night. When she gets there, they put her in a small room with a table and two plastic chairs. She tells the police that she was at home with her son when she heard yelling coming from outside. 
She says she went outside and saw Monica arguing with two guys. She says that she tried to break up the argument, and then the police showed up. She then tells police about how she knows Diesel Stone and that he's trouble, that he's been charged with breaking and entering in the past. Could Diesel have something to do with Monica's death? Or is Whitney trying to frame Diesel for something she did? She lives a few houses down from Monica, so it would be possible for her to go to Monica's house and kill her and get back home to her son. Okay, that's all for now. Join me next week for the continuation of Willowdale. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, please share it. Thank you. Bye.